So Loved, hosted by yours truly, Pastor Seth Lewis. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thank you for joining me. Today I'm going to open up God's Word to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. I do believe I have preached on this before. God led me again to the principles of these passages of having faith in Him, and so I'm going to preach it again using notes that I wrote to myself long ago and also new thoughts that God has revealed to me this week. I hope that God is blessing you today with great joy and confidence in his love for you. I pray that you are feeling security in the many blessings that are bestowed upon you from the heavenly places in Christ Jesus our Lord. Before we get started, I want to open us up in prayer and then share a worship song with you, relevant to the message that I'm going to preach. It is my prayer that God would inspire, that he would lead and direct us to do his goodwill. Heavenly Father, I pray for this time. I ask God that you would lead it. I pray for everyone who listens to this message today. I pray, God, that we would have strong faith in you, not having to see you with our eyes or hear you with our ears, but believing in our hearts that you are alive. And you bid us come. I pray that we would walk towards you and not be fearful of the circumstances that are in our path. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
to him I give ever to him I'll cling in his blessing presence live and ever his praises sing love so mighty and so true it merits my soul's best song faithful loving service to to him Jesus' love lifts us. If you want to follow along in Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22, we read, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. For the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Jesus had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When reading these passages, when reading these passages and the meaning that they convey, we should, whether we understand or not, ask the question, Why doubt? If we put this passage on the table for debate with God, 
it would seem very clear why Peter doubted. I mean, I get it right away. Peter was a fisherman who had been around water his whole life. He knew by experience that when people jump into a body of water, they get submerged and thoroughly wet. You do not have to be a physics major to understand why people use boats. To say that Peter was of little faith in something he had no idea was possible up to that moment could be construed as an absurdly unrealistic expectation. How can we expect that type of faith in a man who up to that point had no idea that it was possible to walk on water? A man who had been around water his whole life. Did Jesus not know or understand the heart of Peter's doubt as he sunk into the waters? Could he not have empathized with Peter, being the very one who created physical nature, knowing that man, having never walked on water before, would find the concept a bit hard to swallow? I believe that Jesus could have empathized and did empathize with Peter and his unbelief. Jesus understood the heart of Peter's doubt in that moment. Realistically, the apparition of Jesus coming towards them in the middle of the lake would have been enough to fill my mind and heart with a myriad of fears and questions, even knowing it was Jesus. Remember, Jesus was still just a man to them at this point. They had been with Jesus. They had seen him eat. They had seen him sleep. They had seen all the human traits of a man in Jesus Christ. So up to this point, even seeing miracles that Jesus performed, he was still just a man. And only later when Jesus ascended did they understand that he was more than just a man. So why was Jesus seemingly so hard on Peter's doubting? Peter was inside the vessel and took comfort in the safety it provided. The problem arose when, after initiating the impossible prospect of stepping outside the security of the boat, he began to lose faith. It was Peter who initiated, after knowing that it was Jesus, after hearing the words of Jesus saying, Do not be afraid, it is I. It was Peter who initiated this impossibility of getting out of the boat and walking on the surface of water to Jesus. Peter initiated this stepping out of his comfort, the safety of the boat. And then the problem arose when after initiating this impossible prospect of stepping outside the security of the boat, he then began to lose faith and sink. The moment Peter heard come, he started by faith to cross the frightening deep of unknown possibilities with Christ Jesus straight ahead in his sights. I personally don't believe Peter began sinking because his eyes drifted off Jesus. In this present time, we can't physically see Jesus when stepping out by faith. 
Our eyes are not physically on Jesus Christ as we live day by day in this world. Our eyes are looking in all different directions in this world. And yet, by faith in our hearts and our minds, we trust in Him. I don't believe that Peter began sinking because his eyes drifted off Jesus. I propose that he began to sink because he lost confidence in walking on the surface of what was unfamiliar to him. Jesus had already bid him come and he had approved the possibility to do an impossible thing. Jesus had already, from outside the boat, bid Peter to come, had approved that impossibility for him to walk on water with him. It was an impossible thing that Jesus Christ had bid him to come and make possible through his power alone. When Christ bids us to come, we must step out by faith with our whole heart and walk on whatever surface is under our feet in whatever circumstances God has approved for us, whether they seem to us possible or impossible. Trusting in God's approval of our life's struggles is essential for abiding in Him to the fullest. The gateway to our heavenly residence is believing in Jesus and knowing that He has the power over us and our circumstances. Walking in the Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ without knowing the outcome is a step-by-step journey past the gate and onto the grounds where God is never a stranger. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We can have complete assurance in the day-to-day grind of this world by walking past the unknown with unmovable headings to where we will reside forever with Him. Though that place is not fully known to us yet, we press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is unknown territory for us. We do not know what is going to be in our path as we walk closer and closer towards our end. Only God knows that. He has that perfect perspective. He has perfect power to know what is possible for us in this world. And he bids us come. We can have complete assurance in the day-to-day grind of this world by walking past the unknown with the unmovable heading to where we will reside with him forever. Though that place is not fully known to us yet, We press on because Christ always bids us to come. Once Jesus says it, he needs never to say it again. It is on us to walk to him. Jesus did not need to say it again to Peter, come. He said it once and there was power backing what he said and all Peter had to do was get out of the boat and continue to walk forward towards Jesus Christ and his high calling. And it is what we as Christians in this world must do because Christ has bid us come. 
and there is power backing his invitation for us to come. Understanding the way we are going or trusting the ground that we walk on is unnecessary for us to accept God's approval and plan for bringing us to the end of our journey safely. No matter what our ground looks like to us, whether we look before us and we see steep mountains that seem to us too hard to climb, or valleys below that seem too cold and dark for us to traverse, We do not have to understand the way that we are going. All of that is unnecessary for us accepting God's approval and plan. Listen to 1 Peter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Going on in verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is the revealing of Jesus Christ who we do not now see with our eyes. Moving on in verse 8 in 1 Peter chapter 1. Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We do not have to understand or see him in this present time to believe and to walk on the surfaces of the unknown by faith in his power and strength. However impossible the way seems, we must confidently look to God who enables us to live and walk in the power and inspiration of His Holy Spirit. That is where true power and might for living resides. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. There was nothing wrong with Peter's inhibitions when sinking into the deep. Jesus wasn't harshly scolding him for fearing his mysterious circumstances. No more than a parent might sternly reassure a child from a different room of their continued presence, even though they are unseen. You've been in a house before with your parents, if you have parents, if you had good parents, There were times in the house that your parents left you alone in a separate room to play or to eat your food while they were in other rooms doing other things. And yet always listening, always present, always checking in. Never a moment when the mother or the father who is with the child leaves that child on their own without safely providing for them a habitation that they can be at ease in and trust in. There was nothing wrong with Peter's inhibition with sinking into the deep. Jesus wasn't harshly scolding him for fearing his mysterious circumstances. Do we recognize all the security and protection that being a child of God provides? 
Jesus was conveying the same sentiment when he wept for the unbelief of the people mourning for Lazarus in John chapter 11, verse 35. He was not condemning their mourning for him who is dead. They had no idea that Jesus Christ was about to raise the dead. An impossibility for anyone knowing that someone has been dead for four days, decaying in the tomb. Jesus was not sternly rebuking them for having no faith in his ability to raise Lazarus from the dead. No, Jesus' weeping in that moment was him being present with them, him strengthening their faith by showing them that the impossible is possible with God, reminding them to have faith. That voice of the parent in a separate room when the baby starts crying, saying, it's okay, I'm here, or immediately entering the room and comforting the child who for a moment lost faith. Jesus, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-merciful, all-gracious, all-loving, all-kind, long-suffering, and steadfast God Almighty is here with us. Able to save, ready to lead, able to provide, able to protect. Comforts are on every side, yet we often cannot see through the dark waters of uncertainty or above the high waves the storms produce. Jesus never looks down on people when they show a lack of faith. And we as Christians must understand and believe that. Else we are inviting shame and condemnation into our hearts and our minds from which we will not recover speedily if we do not understand that God has forgiven us, that God understands us, that God is living side by side with us. And every moment he is encouraging us in our faith, not destroying us when we have a lack of it. He confronts us and reminds us that he cares enough to display himself to us in ways that we will recognize the tremendous everlasting love that he has for us. The world is our temporary boat and the false protection it provides for us is at the mercy of the outside deep and dark waters of the unknown path that lead to Jesus. We must step out by faith But more importantly, we must continue by faith to walk supernaturally in the Holy Spirit to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When we continue to come to Jesus, when we begin to sink, he will grab hold of us and come back with us hand in hand into the world to which we are now temporarily confined. And then he will open to us the doors of heaven so that what had been fearfully unknown to us while walking in the unknown will be but a stepping stone to that which has been known of us all along. A bid of approval to come by his finished work on the cross.